You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning. It's a good song, isn't it? You didn't sing it at all. When I played it two months ago, I was very disappointed. I did it as a worship song two months ago, and you didn't like it at all. And I was got very upset, and then I stopped leading worship forever, and never going to lead it again. How are you this morning? If you're awake, would you give us a wave? Yes. Good to see you all this morning. Good morning, Cafe Church. You're probably still having cappuccino, and they've got this little kind of creamy, milky moustache on your lip right now, but you're welcome. We're glad. Thank you for tuning in. This morning, I'm going to be looking at a passage of Scripture that I've always loved. It's a little story. It's recorded in three Gospels. It's recorded in Matthew's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, but I'm going to be looking at Mark's Gospel, account of a particular story. And it's a story that happens, something that happens to the disciples and happens to Jesus, and it just, it just it plays out really beautifully. I, I, love, I love this particular story, and it raises questions for me, and I'm sure, I hope it'll raise questions for you, and it, Jesus raises questions in it, and so on and so forth. Now, this is, if you will, part A, part B, I'll be doing uh, on Tuesday night as part of Night Church. The Sunday before last, when I was speaking, I was talking about Psalm 124. Psalm 124 begins with the line, what if the Lord had not been on our side? What if the Lord hadn't been on our side? Where would we be now is the question that they address. And they say, you know, we would have been in, in all sorts of trouble. We would have been in all sorts and all kinds of difficulty. Our enemies would have overtaken us. They would have eaten us alive is what it says in Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, would anybody say Amen. Isn't it great to know that the Lord has been on your side in all these years? But in the middle of that passage, it records these verses, and I love these verses. It says, the waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters would have overwhelmed our very lives. If the Lord hadn't been on our side, we would have drowned in our troubles and our trials. We could have struggled. We would have lost our breath. We would have been waves would have washed over us. We just don't know where we would be now. And it's, it's lifting off that that I want to look at this morning's short passage. This morning's message is called the eye of the storm. And take a wild guess what passage of scripture I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to look at Jesus calming the storm. I want to look at a couple of parts of the story of Jesus calming the storm. Has anyone here ever been caught in a storm at sea? Anybody here ever been caught in a storm at sea? Oh gosh, a lot of us have been caught in a storm at sea. I was never caught in a storm at sea, but I was caught, we'll talk about the storm I was caught in maybe a little bit later. But anyway, we're going to be looking at Mark's Gospel chapter 4. I'm going to go straight into it, chapter 4 verses 35 to 41. Can I encourage you? Would you open your ears, open your heart, open your soul as we look at God's life giving word this morning. Even, you know, the Bible says that even reading God's word, we receive a blessing from it. Just by listening to it and just by reading it, we receive a blessing. I'm going to kick straight into it. Mark's gospel, chapter four, verses 35 to 41. 
When evening came, Jesus had been ministering on one side of the Lake of Galilee. He said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. Terrified. And they asked each other, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. May God bless us as we reflect on his word this morning. May we reflect, as we reflect on the reality of who Jesus is and what he's doing in our lives. Would anyone say amen? You know, when we look at this story, it's a meteorological story in some senses. It's a story about the weather. It's a story about things, something that happened that was completely out of the blue. I don't know about your life, but very often when things are going fine in my life and there's no issues, I can kind of begin to freewheel a little bit and kind of, you know, it can all just become a little bit samey and a bit normal and a bit mundane. And then a storm comes along and it wakes me up from what I can sometimes be a kind of a soul sleep that can kind of fall on us. We can kind of be a little bit spiritually asleep because we don't have any trial or trouble. And very often trials, troubles and storms are exactly what bring us to Jesus. You see, we think that having a really, really blessed life is a life that has no trouble in it. But that's not a blessed life. That is a charmed life. It's a very different type of life. Every life is going to have trouble. And sometimes God sends these things into our lives or allows them to happen to get our attention. Sometimes we are asleep at the wheel. I love the way that this story starts. It says that Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat with his head down on a cushion. He was asleep. I just love that image of Jesus because it's so human. It portrays the real true humanity of Jesus. He had been ministering all day, laying hands on people, preaching the good news of the kingdom. And then when he finally got to the end of the day, the guy was tired. He wasn't, he wasn't some kind of superhuman. He didn't have a cape that he put on. He wasn't Superman. He was a human being. In actual fact, for the early Christians, they, they were so challenged by this idea of Jesus being fully human that part of the creeds of the early church was very simply this. If you didn't believe that Jesus was completely and fully man and simultaneously completely and fully God, you were what they called anathema. You were outside beyond the grace of God. You were outside the grace and the church of God if you didn't believe those two things. Very often, the issue for the early Christians, for, for us, the issue seems to be, was Jesus really God? But for the early Christians, the issue was Jesus really human because of the things that he'd done. So here he is, he's asleep inside in the back of the boat. It's so different from so many of the depictions of Jesus that you see in so many of the films, especially some of the older ones, like, you know, like um, Franco Zaffarelli's Jesus of Nazareth. I think it's your man Powell, isn't it? Robert Powell plays Jesus. And he kind of has this kind of crazed, zombie-like look in his eye all the time. Jesus looks kind of slightly kind of, 
of slightly deranged in every depiction that Robert Powell did of Jesus. The curious thing about Robert Powell, just for a footnote, is that everybody, after he had done the story of um, Jesus of Nazareth, when he had done it with Franco Zaffarelli, people said to him, how did you feel about Jesus afterwards, seem as you... Seem as you had played him and you, you had acted as emotions and all that kind of stuff. He said, it had absolutely no effect on me. Robert Powell was a very good actor. <laughs> he really couldn't even take inside the emotions that he, that, that he was expressing. But this Jesus that he depicts is this almost zombified, slightly deranged Jesus that seems constantly kind of angry or cranky or on edge. The Jesus we see in this story is the guy who's just asleep. He's tired. He's exhausted. And they meet with an unlikely weather event. Now, I just want to say something about this. If you, if you go back to their time and you looked at weather conditions on the Sea of Galilee, and I'm not going to talk about meteorology, they couldn't just whip out the phone and go, quickly, let me just check my weather app and see what it's going to be like in Tiberias today. Just see what the weather forecast for today is. In actual fact, just for what it's worth, if I do open my phone and I go into my weather app, um, you will, I will find out what the weather in Tiberias is today, actually. Let's just see. The weather in Tiberias today is 20 degrees and sunny. Ooh, Tiberias, by the way, is a city on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. It's 20 degrees and sunny, and it's going to be sunny all day today, all day tomorrow, all day the day after that, and all day the day after that. So, Scorcio, just like Ireland in every sense. Just like Ireland. So they're going to be nice and sunny in Tiberias today, and there's not going to be any storms because the skies are all really clear. But you know... The Sea of Galilee, because wherever it's located, it's located, it's below, this, it's below um, natural sea level, it's about 600 feet below sea level, and because of that, they get savage storms that blow up all of a sudden. Now, here's the thing about your life, right? I just want to just put this in, this is really important. When you listen to the weather forecast on the TV, or you look at the weather forecast on your app, you kind of go, oh, look, it's going to be sunny today. But sometimes your experience isn't all that sunny. Our weather is far more localized than we think it is. I mean, the guy next door is out digging his back garden in the sunshine and you're standing in the rain and you're going, aren't we in the same country here? You know, the person next to you is having a great time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a trial. The thing about forecasts is that they are just that. They're just forecasts. Economists said there's not going to be any bust back in 2007 and 2008. Economists were just forecasting. They were just making it up. I think it was Paul Krugman, the, el the eminent uh, the en the eminent economist who said, astrology exists to make economics look good. It's how, that's how much guesswork there is involved in economics. It's the same in every way. Political forecasting is the same. People get it wrong. They get the wrong president in America sometimes, don't they? Moving swiftly on. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Really good guy. Really good guy. The one who lost, he's a loser. Anyway, but they never guessed it. They didn't think he was going to win, for instance. They didn't think Donald Trump was going to win. They didn't think that the Brits were going to leave the European Union. Bye. <laughs> they didn't think that they were going to leave. They're just forecasts. They're just guesses. The same is true for your life. You may meet a doctor, a lawyer, an economist, and they will give you a forecast for your life. And sometimes maybe it's your parents who will forecast for your life. Donovan, you're thick as a ditch and ugly as a donkey. Yes, Dad, you'll go nowhere. Thank you, Father. You know, 
But it's just a forecast and it can be wrong. Would anyone say amen? Because the Lord's plan for your life is unique to your life. The forecast for your life is unique to your life. It may be disaster to the left and to the right. Doesn't, doesn't even the psalmist say that? Do 10,000 fall at my right hand and 10,000 at my left? You protect me, O Lord. Hallelujah. So here's these guys going across and they're caught in the storm and they hadn't forecast and the storm blows up. Sorry, no. So you've got to be in the middle of a storm. You, they find themselves in the middle of a storm. It's blowing up. No, these are tough, hard shaws. These weren't kind of gentle fishermen who were up for the afternoon. These were tough sailors. They knew what the waters were like on, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee. They knew what they were up against. But suddenly this squall blows up and it frightens the living daylights out of them. This is what it says. It says, the storm blew up. It was about to be swamped. And then they said this. The disciples woke him, Jesus, and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't, don't you care that like, we're all going to drown here? Like, that we're going to be swamped and we're going to go down? No, as we read the story, we go, what kind of a ridiculous thing is that? Jesus is going to stand up and calm the storm. They didn't know that in the middle of their storm. And when you're in the middle of your storm, you don't know what the outcome is going to be, do you? And sometimes we can be praying and in the middle of a trial or a difficulty or a situation and it feels like the Lord is asleep in the back of the boat while we're going down. And we think, Lord, don't you even care that I've got this issue with my children? Don't, don't you care that I've got this issue with my health? Or that, don't you care that I've got this issue with my job and you're not helping me out? Sometimes we can be like that and, and say, Lord, it feels like you're asleep. And, you know, I think of the scripture that says, you know, in, in, in the Psalms, it says, the one who watches over Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleep, but he's asleep now. In the back of the boat. The one who watches over Israel has fallen asleep in the back of the boat that I'm riding through life in. And it feels like he doesn't care that we're going to drown. And I like this. You know, sometimes we can say, you know, the disciples walked Jesus and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And we can think that the disciples were talking about themselves. Don't you care that John and Nathaniel and James and Andrew and Peter, don't you care that we drown? But obviously the we included Jesus. No, the situation becomes even more absurd. The idea that Jesus was suddenly going to go on this kingdom of God mission, cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, and then get drowned on a trip across the lake is preposterous. But put yourself in the middle of that situation. What do you see when you're in a storm? You see the waves. You feel the wind. You feel the splashing on your face. I was caught in a storm once on a lake in Kerry. If I told you this story before, it's okay. You can go to sleep and take one minute's sleep while I tell the story. It was the 14th of April, 1991. Not that anybody remembers it particularly. It was the 14th. It was a Sunday. I should have been in church. 1991. So we decided to go away for the weekend, me and a couple of friends. We went fishing in this lake down in West Kerry. And we had a lovely day on Saturday. We, we fished all day. It was great. Caught nothing, but we fished all day and had a great time. And on Sunday morning, as we were putting the boat into the water, I just felt this gentlest breeze hit my cheek. Just the gentlest breeze. And I thought, hmm, I wonder, does it feel a little bit grayer and a bit quieter? And I just said to the guy who was driving the boat, I said, I said, 
do you think it's going to be okay today? He said, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll be grand. So we went off out and we went across this quite big lake, Loch Coran, down in, down in Waterville in County Kerry. Quite a big lake. It's got several islands in it. It's a really big lake. So it's a really big lake. Um, so he's, we're going along this lake, right? So we get up to the end of the lake. We're fishing, catching absolutely nothing. And I notice that the boat is starting to do a little bit too much of this for my blood. Now, I have good sea legs, I don't get sick, but I still don't want to drown, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of one of those things. So the boat's starting to get this slap under the boat every time a wave comes. And I'm going, I said to the guy, I said, Look, I said, do you think maybe we should begin to head back? He says, no, 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 we'll be grand. And at this stage, I'm just getting a little bit nervous because the boat is getting higher and higher. Anyway, we get to the very end of the lake, of course. We get to the very end, the furthest point from where it is safe, when the guy says, you know what? I think maybe we should turn back. Hello? <laughs> so we turn the boat around to turn back. And mother of mercy, it's like Hurricane Ophelia has broken out over the lake. The waves, it's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a lake. And suddenly the waves are like seven feet tall. It's like, where did they come from? And we're in this little 11-foot boat going across in this howling gale with waves rolling over us. And I'm going, I don't think I'm going to make it. And we have to make this bolt between two islands. And going between the two islands, it might have been like crossing the Atlantic. It was a mile across the lake. This little distance was a mile across the lake. And as we did, the boat, we were going side onto the waves. Probably not the smartest thing to do in the world. I wasn't driving. But as we were doing, the boat was literally going up to 180 degrees. And the guy driving the boat said to me, if I was you, he said, I would slip off my Wellington boots. Because if you go into the water, you'll sink straight away. Now, do you know, when the captain of the ship says that to you, you kind of don't go, I think everything's going to be fine, don't you? You kind of go, uh-oh, so I slip off my boots, and he said, just, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want, I want you to hold onto the boat and keep your head down. So I held onto the boat, and I put my head down. I said, why does he want me to put my head down? I thought, he doesn't want me to see the waves. <laughs> So I looked up, and these waves are billowing at us. And I look at the, at the shore. It's about 250 meters to the near shore. And I'm thinking, I can't swim that far. Not in freezing cold water in Ireland in the middle of April. So we're going along. And I, I just thought, this is it. I, I'm going to die. I really did, lads. I really thought that this is it. It's all over. I'm going to die. I've only thought I was going to die twice in my life. This was the first time. And I said, this is it. I'm finished. So I began to pray. And I, and I said, Lord. Uh, I, I, well, it wasn't that calm, by the way. Um, it, was, it was more like, yeah, Lord! <laughs> I, I maintained the exterior of comfort while I prayed quietly to myself as we're going along in this. And I said, Lord, um, I, I should have been at church. <laughs> this morning, I should have been in church. If you went to the church I went to in 1991, you wouldn't have been in church either. It's a long story. Anyway, um, I said, I, I should have been in church. But that wasn't the point. I said, Lord, you know I'm going to get married in July. Uh, it now looks like I'm not going to get married in July. And I put my head down and I handed my wife, my, my no wife, then girlfriend, Elman. I said, Lord, you're going to have to take care of her. Sorry, forgive me. You're going to have to take care of her because it looks like I'm not going to be in the picture anymore. So the boat's rocking and turning. And, and I handed it all over. I genuinely handed it over. I made my peace with the Lord. I, I, you know, I gave thanks for all his goodness, asked for his forgiveness. And you know, I was a Christian and handed over my wife and, and my would-be wife and my family and kind of said, Lord, is it really going to end like this? I'm going to drop in the drink down somewhere in County Kerry. Like, it's like, this is not the end I was hoping for. As it turns out, as you know now, I made it, right? <laughs> we got from two islands. One island was called Church Island. The clue was in the name of the island, Michael. 
One was Church Island, where I should have been, and the other was called Rabbit Island, how I felt that Sunday morning, like a scared rabbit. So we got to as far as Rabbit Island, made it back to shore, I got out of the boat, and I'm not joking you, I did exactly what John Paul II did every time he got to a country. I fell on the ground and kissed the earth. I was never so glad in all of my life to see the floor, and I said, Lord, I thank you that, that you know, you didn't take my life. And uh, I said, Lord, I know I asked you to look after Elma. And the Lord said to me, that's your job, Michael. Amen. I asked her before I told the story, is it okay for me to tell the story? She burst into tears and ran out of the room. I don't know what was wrong with her. No, I'm only kidding. You see, I was in the middle of the storm and I couldn't see anything but the waves. I couldn't see anything but the wind. I couldn't see anything but the guy who's sitting in the back of the boat, kind of steering the boat, telling me to take off my boots. And these guys, when they look back in the middle of the storm, there's Jesus, the most powerful man who has ever lived, who's able to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, and he's asleep. You're saying, Lord, do you not care that we're going to drown? Do you not care? And sometimes, lads, I mean it sincerely. We can go through situations in our lives where we've prayed for things for weeks, for months, for years, and not got the answer that we feel we need. And we feel like saying, Lord, do you not care? I've asked that prayer about situations in my life and felt, Lord, it's like you have forgotten me. Do, do you not, are you not concerned? Do you not care? But he does care. Would anyone say amen? He does care. What does Peter say to the early Christians? He said this, he said, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He does care about what happens in your life. He provides his care for you. He feeds you. He ensures you're clothed. He ensures that you're looked after in incredible detail. Jesus talked about the flowers of the field. He said, look at the flowers of the field, how fantastically dressed they are. What are you worried about clothes? Most of those flowers will never be seen by anyone. And yet your heavenly father cares for them. Won't he all the more care for you? Have you got a care? Have you got a care that you're carrying this morning? Cast it on Jesus. And you see, when I say cast it, I don't mean cast it like so many of us do, like you cast a fishing line. Here's my care on this hook. I'm now going to cast the care upon the Lord. And the minute the trouble starts, I reel my care back in again and land it just like I did the previous time. Do you know what I'm saying? See, sometimes we cast it in such a way as we can take it back if there's trouble brewing. But this, the real intention here is that we throw it like a stone, not like a fishing line, but like a stone. We cast our care and it goes and it lands at his feet and with him and on him. And then it's his care after that. It's his care. Here you go. Here's your care. It's a bit like picking up a bottle of water and saying, Leo, you go, that's your bottle of water now. Now, Leo is to refuse to give me, can I have the bottle of water back? No, 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 no. Okay, go on. This is what, Le bottle of water, thank you. So Leo gave me back the bottle of water. Thank you, Leo, I wanted to give you. This is my care. Leo, here, have my, have my troubles, Leo. Leo, can I have my bottle of water back now, please? Leo, security to the front row, please. We're going to, no, you can hold on to it. You can hold on to it. You can do it. The point I'm making is that we go, we throw care away, and then we pull the care back the minute trials and troubles start. Do you know what? That is not the kind of handing over of care that Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to cast it on him and leave it on him. That's how we get rid of our worries and our cares and our trials and troubles. The disciples were absolutely terrified when Jesus came the storm and they said, who is this man? They asked each other. 
even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is your man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now imagine if when I was on Loch Koran in 1991, the guy who was piloting the boat as we began to panic going across this wild lake had stood up and said, Peace! Be still! And everything fell flat cam. You'd kind of go, I think he has a bit of a gift, all right? <laughs> you'd kind of go, that's somebody you'd kind of like pay attention to, isn't that right? You'd kind of go, hmm. Wouldn't you? I can imagine the disciples are going, oh, what is this? I prithee, I see a meteorological strangeness happening. It was like, it says, they were terrified. And I love it, because a few seconds ago, they were like, ah, we're going to drown, we're going to drown, ah, ah. And next thing Jesus says, calm, be still. And then they, everything goes calm and still, and they go, Ah, ah, ah. What's after happening here? They were terrified when they saw that everything went still when he said, be still. Hang on a second. I, I, can just, I just imagine Jesus going, oh, for goodness sake, I'm going back to bed. You know, like, like a second ago, it was like, don't, don't you care? Do something about our problem. And then he does something about the problem. And they go, ah, what have we done about the problem? Because everything is calm and it's still. And suddenly the boat is just doing this. Instead of doing the, ah, it's everything is just doing this. And they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the, lads, when you get on your knees and you pray, when you turn your heart towards the Lord, have this in mind. What kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. If the wind and the waves obey him, and if the demons obey him, and if death obeys him, I think we can say that our prayers and our cares and our concerns are in pretty good hands. Wouldn't you agree? And that is the reality we need to take in when we pray. We're not talking to some docile um, deity up in heaven going, Oh yes, I shall hear thy prayers. We're not talking about the Greek gods who needed to be cheered up or needed to be bribed. This was an incredible manner of man who said, Look, I look after all of creation. Here's what John said about this same Jesus. He said this, he said, He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. How many things were made through him? How many things were made through him? All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Now, why did John come to that conclusion? Well, it said that he had been with Jesus. He said, that which our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our hands have touched. This is what we proclaim to you about the Jesus Christ. He says that at the start of John, uh, 1 John 1. And here he's writing, and he could, he could say to anybody, lads, I was in the lake. I was in the boat. We thought we were going to die, and suddenly everything went dead calm the minute he said it. So therefore, I can assure you this, he was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made and that's the reality for your life and you know a storm comes up to kind of brew up and I remember storm Ophelia was coming our way and then there was a few more storms over in the Caribbean and there was another storm over in the off the east coast of, of America and there's storms all over the place it's just been a stormy season there is the winter Michael hello uh, there was lots of storms but you always say this the forecasters say well the storm is coming this way 
but it could change track at any moment. Why? Because storms don't have a mind of their own. Storms aren't out to get you. It is the Lord, He who made everything, who is in control. Even the wind and the waves pay attention when Jesus speaks up. So when you pray about the wind and the waves in your life, he's, they pay attention to what Jesus has to say about your life and your situations. Would anyone say amen? You see, here is the deal. It's a bit like James Bond. How does James Bond like his drink? Shaken, not stirred. And if you read the rest of the story, you discover this. That the disciples were shaken by this experience, but they weren't particularly stirred by it. Jesus wants people who will be stirred and not shaken. Are you with me? Does that make sense? It, he wants you to be stirred in your faith, but not shaken by your circumstances. Not shaken by the trial or trouble. You know, we often sing, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. You know, we sing that song all the time. Can I just say this to you? I've been shaken. Anybody here been shaken? Okay. Though the battle rages, we will stand and fight. Though the armies rise up against us on our side, we will cry like children. We will cry like children. You see, when we sing those songs, we may not be stating the situation as it is, but the situation as we believe it should be and will be in Jesus' name. When we sing these songs about how I'm forgiven and I'm set free and I'm no longer a slave to fear, you know, so I, I, I get afraid of some things and I sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Well, let's offer it up as a prayer instead of necessarily being my no instantaneous reality. Let's build up our faith. Let us be stirred and not shaken by the events that go on around us. Would anyone say amen? You see, what we need is we need a bigger vision of who Jesus is. That's the truth of it, lads. We need to have a bigger vision of who Jesus is. Now, how would we get that? Would we get it by watching documentaries about Galilee? Probably not. Would we get it by watching Oxford Don's debating theology? I suggest to you, probably not. How do we get a proper vision of Jesus? We open up this book that most of us have. It's called the Bible. The Bible. Hello? Read about him. Read about what he did. Read it, and once you've read it once, read it again. And when you've read it the second time, here's my simple suggestion, read it again. You know, somebody said to me, my own kids said to me for the odd time, uh, this is being recorded, so they might even listen to it, you never know. Um, my own kids said to me, Dad, what are you reading the Bible for again? I thought you read it all last year. I said, yeah, I read it all last year, but I'm going to read it all again this year. I said, really, you're going to read it all again this year? I said, yeah. I said, why does the story change or something? <laughs> no, they said this when they were younger, they get it now. I said, no, I read it so that I'm continually reminded. Would you go into an exam having studied something only once? Would you do that, my son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fail this exam, and neither are you. Would anyone say amen? amen? What we need is a bigger vision of who Jesus is. Who is this man? The winds and the waves in your life obey him. The winds and the waves that you face obey the voice of Jesus Christ. And the scripture says, there is nowhere that his voice is not heard. There is no situation that he is deaf to. 
He hears every situation. And the wind and the waves pay attention to what he has to say. The truth that is, in this situation for the disciples, what didn't kill them would make them stronger. And that's the thing. To come out of a trial as a Christian, and here's the thing, we lose more people fall away through discouragement than they do through attack of the devil. Because they go through a trial, and the result of going through the trial is that they are weaker. They don't get stronger as a result of their trials because they don't come around Christian people who give them encouragement. They don't come to the Lord or bring God's word to bear in their reality. They get drowned by the messages of the world that you're on your own and it's all about the way that you do it. That's what happens to them. And people become discouraged and they fall away. But the truth is that in the Christian life, that which doesn't kill you will really make you stronger if you hold on to Jesus. And I'm not making that up. That is the truth, guys. If it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. And you'll fight on for the next time. I look out here and I see faces of people who've been through trials and difficulties and their faith is now stronger despite difficult times than it was before the difficult times. Amen. What does the prophet Isaiah say, speaking in God's stead? When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. But that's if you're trusting in the Lord. That's if you're looking to the one to whom the wind and the waves pay attention. If you're looking to the Lord, that will be your lot in life. If you're looking to the Lord, yes, you will have trial. Yes, you will have trouble. You need to rip out the entire New Testament and throw it away if you think that the Christian life is to be lived without any trial or any trouble. In actual fact, while you're at it, take out another 80% of the Old Testament and throw that away. If you look at all the Christians and all the believers who went through trial and difficulty and trouble and situation after situation, and yet they found that God was faithful. Read Hebrews chapter 11 and see the experience of faithful people for thousands of years, for millennia, people have been going through this. And this is their situation. When they held on to the Lord, they were not consumed, they were not destroyed, they were not burned, and they were not drowned. Hallelujah. Because they trusted in the Lord. Does anybody want a bigger vision of who Jesus is? I want a bigger vision. I want to pray this morning that we would have a bigger vision of who Jesus is. I'm going to invite the worship band up, and I want this morning to cast our cares on Him. Why? Because Peter says, He cares for you. Me, good man yourself, he cares for me. Who does he care for? Me. He cares for me, he really does. It's not just, oh, he cares for Tom Burke, no, and he cares for Antonio, and he cares for John Maguire, he cares for me. He cares for me, and the storms that blow up in my life, the wind and the waves and those storms obey him just as, they much, just as much as they do in the lives of others. Will we stand together? Let's just stand together for a second. We're going to sing, we're going to sing the song Lighthouse for two reasons. One, I love the song. And two, I love the sentiment of the song. In my wrestling and in my doubts and my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Let's sing that this morning and then we'll apply our prayers. In Is that okay? my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. In the sorrows, you 
won't let go in the questions your truth will hold your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea whoa you are the peace in my troubled sea my lighthouse my lighthouse shining in the darkness i will follow you my lighthouse my lighthouse i will trust the promise that you will carry me safe to shore safe to shore I want to pray this morning for two things. I'm going to keep it really simple. Have you got a care this morning that you need to cast on the Lord? Let's close our eyes for a second. Have you got a care you want to cast on the Lord? If you have a care you want to cast on the Lord this morning, something that's heavy on your heart or on your mind, I've got one, I've got about nine. Will you lift your hand? I'm going to invite you in a second to come forward. I'm going to leave these here this morning. We're going to do our best to leave them here this morning and untie the ties. And if you want to pray this morning, Lord, I just want a bigger vision of you. Will you give me a bigger vision of who you are? If that's your prayer this morning, maybe, maybe you haven't ever really considered Jesus. Maybe you haven't ever really considered this one who calms the storms in our seas. You want to say, Lord, I really want to get a bigger vision of who you are. If that's you this morning and you're here in the meeting this morning, you want to say, Lord, I just want a bigger vision of you. Will you raise your hands? I'm including myself in that. Lord, I want a bigger vision of who you are. If you have a care, as we sing the song again, if you have a care, you want to leave here this morning in 53 McCorton Street. You want to leave at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to invite you to bring that care to the front now. And we're going to pray together and leave it behind us. Just make your way up as we begin to sing this song. In the silence. My lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you, oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise that you will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore. You will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore, safe to shore. 
want to pray this morning, first of all, for a bigger vision of who Jesus is. Let's raise our hands for a moment. Lord, as we bring our lives before you and we bring our trial situations and our realities before you, Lord, we pray that your reality would be our reality. Would anyone say amen? amen. Lord, we pray that we would recognize you as the one to whom the wind and the waves pay attention, Lord. Lord, death obeyed you. Demons obeyed you, Lord. The weather obeyed you, Lord. Lord, may we be a people who recognize the power and the living power that Jesus Christ is. May we recognize who you truly are, Lord. Lord Jesus, whatever storm or trial we face, Lord, whether it's today or whether the weather forecast in our lives changes tomorrow or next week, or whether the squall blows up the week after that, Lord, I pray we would trust and know you to be the one who commands our coming and our going, our, our coming in and our going out, both now and forevermore. Lord, may we have that vision of you, Lord, like John had a vision of you, like the disciples had the vision of you, Lord. They were terrified when they realized who you were. Lord, may we also know that reality, Lord, of just how powerful you are to work things out and through in our lives. Would anyone say amen? amen. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We want to see a high and lifted up, as the song says, shining in the light of your glory, Lord. And Lord, in the light of that prayer, we bring our other prayer to you, Lord. We bring this big care that we have, Lord. We bring and we cast our cares upon you this morning, Lord Jesus Christ. Can I ask you, would you raise your care in your right hand if there's a care that you want to hand over? Will you raise it in your right hand up to heaven? Let's raise it up to the Lord. Let's raise it up to the Lord. Lord, we lift this situation, this care, Lord. For some, it's a health concern. For some, it's a relationship concern. It can be a financial concern. It can be any kind of a care, Lord. It can be an emotional, psychological, spiritual, material care, Lord. But we know this, Lord God, that we can cast all our cares on you because you care for me. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you these cares over, Lord, and we pray this morning to have the wisdom to cut the line between these cares and me. Lord, we know that you said, which one of you by worrying can add an inch to his height? Which one of you can worrying by worrying can change the color of his hair from black to gray? None of you can. None of us can, Lord. And so, Lord, we cast our cares on you because you care for us this morning, Lord. Can I just ask you, it seems you have the care in your hand. Can I just invite you, would you just symbolically, as it were, place it on the ground before we go? Just take it in your two hands and you just symbolically, let's just leave it on the ground. Let's leave it, because I know you don't have something specific in your hand. Let's leave it at the ground. Let's leave it on the ground. Lord God, we, as an act of faith this morning, Lord, pass this care over to you, Lord. Lord, the one who feeds the birds and dresses the lilies and the flowers of the field, Lord Jesus. Are we not worth so much more than they? Lord, we leave these cares at your feet, Lord God. You know everyone. You know every anxious thought that we have, Lord. You know our coming and our going. Lord Jesus, where can we go from you? Lord, we leave it at your feet this morning, symbolically, deliberately, intentionally, Lord. Lord, give us the grace not to pick it up again. Would anyone say amen? amen. Lord, I pray that there will be nothing sticky about this care. There will be nothing sticky about this trial or trouble, Lord, but that we could leave it at your feet this morning, the feet of our Savior. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's stand. 
I won't fear what tomorrow brings With each morning I'll rise and sing My God's love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea oh, You are the peace in my troubled sea in prayer. Can I invite you to lift your hands to heaven as we close in prayer this morning? Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, we commit our coming week into your hands, Lord. Whatever storm blows over us, lead us to shore. Would anyone say amen? Lord, whatever trial presents itself to us, lead us to shore, Lord Jesus. We remember this week that you are our peace in the troubled sea, Lord Jesus. Lord, we commit our situations, our trials into your hands, Lord. We commit our coming days and weeks, Lord. Lord, may we know the peace of God that passes all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless and go with you guys. We're having tea and coffee upstairs. God bless and keep him. We'll see you again on Tuesday night and next Sunday morning. The Lord bless you. Sing on.